Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. Just imagine a world where you will hold your entire future in the palm of your hand. When a tiny glowing crystal will guide you through an existence in which each day is more wonderful than the last. Where it will be possible for you to obtain the fulfillment of every fantasy. The satisfaction of every vanity. The absolute attainment of every wish. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents the Saul David production of Logan's Run. A fantastic journey through a world beyond imagination. Welcome to the 23rd century. The perfect world of total pleasure. Imagine a world in which you need never be alone. You touch a switch, turn a dial, and the perfect lover steps into your arms. Every pleasure is yours to experience. Runner! There's just one catch. When the tiny crystal in the palm of your hand flashes its final message, your time is up. Michael York is Logan. Run, Logan! Policeman in a perfect world. No! Trained to track down runners. Run, Logan! Until he is forced to run himself. Stand. We all go crazy once in a while. But she's a runner, and it's over. Over, well, 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 am I not? <laughs> Box, an incredible being. More than human, more than machine. Diabolical guardian of the gateway to freedom. For Logan and the woman who loves him. like that before. That must be the look of... of being old. MGM takes you into a new age of adventure in the first motion picture of the 23rd century. Logan's Run. It begins where imagination ends. Right now. And now, the movies,
Well, hello there, Denizens, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Secret Lair Drive-In. I am your host, your fearless leader, number one... With uh, a bullet. With a bullet. The one and only D-Dub. And across the table for me, as always, is my co-host and faithful acolyte, the one and only D-Dub. Uh, I'm D-Dub, <laughs> Stratosphere. Hello, I'm Stratosphere, and you're not. It's kind of been a long week, and it's only Wednesday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I totally feel you, brother. Okay, well, this week, before we get into our plot summary, first we're going to toss out our contact information. Okay. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do that at... SecretLayerPodcast at gmail.com. And we have a couple of uh, web presences, presence I... I don't think we ever figured out what that was. But there is secretlayerpodcast.blogspot.com and secretlayerdrivein at podbean.com. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you own a Windows phone, you can subscribe to us there. And in addition to that, Stratosphere found a way for you uh, Android listeners to listen. Yes, the app is called, uh, I believe it's called Beyond Pod. And it's a neat little program, and if you do a search on uh, Secret Secret Lair and our sister podcast, Geeks Explain It All, you can pretty much access our entire history, because we know you've got that much time on your hands. Yep, and you just want to see what we thought about these films, or what our subject is for this particular episode. Speaking of this particular episode, what's our film this week? Well, our film this week is... um, well, let's not. I don't have much of a preamble because there's a lot to discuss about this film. Um, it's the classic from, I believe, what was the year? Uh, it was at some point in the 70s. Yeah, I want to say 74, maybe. It, uh, it did predate Star Wars. It did, which kind of amazed me that science fiction films got made after this movie. But uh, the movie is called Logan's Run. Well, the best place to start on any of these would be... The plot. Or as in the case of this film, we'll just call it the plod, because it just plods along. Okay. So, the plot. In the year 2274... The the year of the dome, or the year of the city. I can't remember what they call it. Well, uh, that's actually a point of contention, because in, in the actual movie, Logan's Run... It's just referred to as the city. In the series that they actually made based on this thing, it was called the City of Domes. Okay. So. I vaguely remember the series. You remember more than me. See, I never watched the series because I had never seen the movie. So I I figured it was kind of... Yeah, I figured I wouldn't know what was going on, and well, now ser- I've seen the, mo- the movie, and I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, the series was yet another in the long line of rips of The Fugitive. Um, I can see where you're getting that. I don't know if it I'm quite t- follows. Well, I'm talking strictly the series. Oh, okay. Yeah, different... Uh, Different adventure every week, you know, moving the the fugitive thing. The whole while they're being pursued by Francis. Exactly. I will say this before we get into the... The guns were cool. Yeah, if uh, Logan could actually hit anything, 
Did, did you notice that? He never hit anyone, not once. Fra- Francis killed, like, I think two people, but Lo- Logan couldn't hit water if he fell out of a freaking boat. <laughs> they never said he was a good Sandman. Okay, well, more of a silica man, not, not quite full sand. Anyway, in the year 2274, the remnants of human civilization live in a sealed dome city. A utopia run by a computer that takes all takes care of all aspects of their life, including reproduction. Which how's that supposed to be a utopia if uh, the computer runs the reproduction part? Yeah, uh, they do have the physicality part. Yeah, yeah, they, it's kind of a hedonistic or hedonistic. Is hedonistic. That a, hedonistic. Yeah, you're the expert on hedonism. Uh, I know the word. <laughs> well, you, you used to be a self-prescribed hedonist back in the day. Uh, but they, I always thought that was Mr. Bill. I just was kind of like an accolade along that. But uh, no, I, I remember one point. One point years ago, like thirty years ago, you were having a conversation with my mother of all people, and you casually mentioned that we were into hedonism. And fortunately, my mother didn't know that word. <laughs> Among others. There's a lot about 30 years ago I don't remember. So Yeah, if you, if you can remember high school, you weren't really there. Anyway, um, we do have to finish this movie, okay. no how bad it was. Flashback to Horror High. Um, this, okay, but the citizens, although they live a hedonistic uh, lifestyle, they understand that in order to maintain the city, every resident, when they reach the age of 30, must undergo the ritual of carousel. Which, R.K., you got to admit, the carousel thing was actually kind of neat. Um, I didn't see the... I can't believe people think that people are being renewed when they're... they're basically, it looks like they swallowed a, a firework. Well, okay, it's 2274. We don't know exactly when the war took place, but it... By, I, by the way, a war happened, in yeah. case we forgot to mention that. But anything that you present to people, and it goes through enough generations. Yeah. I mean, it's all propaganda, so, you know, that's well, the way I mean, they were raised to believe that. Well, certainly, and, you know, this movie is sort of kind of an ultimate propaganda because the the government, if you want to call it, that's what the computer does, is govern, is basically got everybody convinced that being being killed on your 30th birthday is a perfectly natural thing. Well, you don't. Die, you renew. Renew, renew. Wow, he renewed with sparks. Sparks in a hockey mask. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. They they all look like hockey masks. They, you know, this thing was supposed to cost like so much. There, there's that, And I'm going to come back to this time and time again. There's so much of this, of the effects in this thing that I was like, where did the money get spent? This thing looks like it was spent on a big disco party. And, you know, somebody threw it together, like, one weekend. I'll agree. I mean, there are certain effects in it that, um, as we get to these points, I'll okay. point them out. Well, anyway, to to track when they are um, when they are due to be renewed uh, as their 30th birthday, they have a life clock crystal in the palm of their hand that changes colors as they approach their last day. Right. Now, there are um, the babies, they're white. Then you have, I believe, red, or no. Um, I believe it's yellow, 
green, red, blinking, blinking and then if, if you... Carousel. Yeah. Yeah, then carousel. And you yeah. know, very interesting, just talking about the whole color part. Yeah. Did you notice the costumes that, that everyone... Yeah. They and were they, color-coded. They weren't or they were? They were. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that after doing some research on this, and they never mentioned that in the movie. And it's sort of like, wow, that would have been a nice simplification process to let everyone know that so you can kind of look at a crowd and say, okay, who's who's older, who's younger, who's ready to be... Well, it would have made it would have made a scene leading up to the carousel scene certainly much... Uh, you would have seen... understand better. Well, and plus, I think you would have seen more dynamics in play. I mean, the, uh, it's my understanding there's a deleted scene where um, the two sandmen that are the Main two of the main characters, Francis and uh, Logan, are actually talking with um, some some woman that is literally like her her last day is going to be I think the next day or a couple days near, and they're all talking as as if the the idea that her life's about to end in two or three days is just oh yeah well sucks or you know not even sucks just sort of oh it's a thing. Well, again, generational. And th- this brings up uh, a, a huge, huge glaring, I guess you'd call it a blooper, continuity error, or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they've got these life clocks, and they're, they're just little crystals embedded in their hand. Uh, did you notice the scene where um, Logan and Jessica, who's the other protagonist, if you will, where their life clocks completely disappear? Uh, no, I can't say as I did. Okay, well, hold that thought, and we'll we'll just move move forward with the plot, and I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you just where it comes up. Plot ahead. Yes. So Logan Five and uh, Francis Seven. Francis Seven. They are uh, Sandman. They manage to you know their job is to terminate anybody that decides to run, and decides that getting getting blown up on your thirtieth birthday is not a party. And they find an Ankh, one of those um, kind of Egyptian symbol of life. I yeah, believe. looks like a, it looks like a Christian cross, but it's got kind of a teardrop shape, uh, inverted teardrop shape at the top. And uh, they find an Ankh among uh, one of their uh, runners. They terminate his among his possessions. That's right. But before, after they rifle through all this, they do have kind of an interesting. Idea. I will say the uh, presentation was cool. Okay. But this thing kind of floats down over the sky. Oh, yeah. Squirts something on the... Yeah, like a little mist on him, and he just dissolves in the goo and then disappears. Yep. Which, that kind of neat, and I don't mean neato, I mean like, yeah, no no muss, no fuss, uh, leaves, your for- leaves your floors nice and shiny. You know, the floors of the Texas mall that this thing was and looked like. That was another thing that kind of took me out of it. It's like, you, you look like you filmed at a mall. You look like you took everybody in the mall, dressed them up in brightly colored costumes, and just filmed them as they are going about their Well, business. you know, there was an awful lot of mall hair. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, Farrah Fawcett, come on. Yeah, that's true. Nice nice to know the, the Farrah continues into the 23rd century. That was before she went... Uh, was that, that, that was a, before she went crazy. Yeah, although later on when her makeup smears, all I could think of was Burning Bed. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
So he, he finds this onk, kind of sticks it in his pocket. He meets this girl, Jessica Six, played by Jenny Agater. My yeah, oh my. How does he meet her? She puts herself on the channel. And what is the channel? The channel is where they go in, and I guess you like teleport from place to place trying to find somebody to hook up with. Yeah, it's 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 totally a, a, a hookup. Skankovision. Uh, yeah. Although, it's my understanding, guys use it, too. But The tart tube. <laughs> the tart tube, I like that. Um, so, he winds up uh, talking with her, and, uh, you know, of course, he's... It, it's very... It's interesting, because, you know, later on in his career, Michael York was in um, Austin Powers as uh, Basil Exposition. Right, right. And his character in that scene is, is totally... Austin Powers, like, are we going? I expect him to be like, are we going to shag now? What are you, what are you waiting for? Let's shag. Yeah, and she's not into it, but God, that outfit she was wearing. Holy crap on a cracker! Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, and it's funny because later on she has a full frontal nudity scene. I think the scene with that costume where she's semi-nude is actually hotter. Call me crazy, but I was kind of thinking that myself. Yeah, really weird. So he takes this Ankh pendant he finds from his one runner uh, to the main computer and is told it is a symbol for a secret group who helps the runners find Sanctuary, which is supposedly where all these unaccounted runners have, have gone to. Also the name of a song by the Jack Owls band. Yes. Sanctuary. Da-da-da-da. So the computer... Oh, wrong in- show. Yeah. <laughs> the computer instructs... Logan to find Sanctuary and destroy it. And to motivate him further, it basically pushes up his life clock so that his last day flashing thing, he's supposed to have, like, I think, four more years. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, four years early. Tell him, basically, find it, destroy it, and his whole concern is, will I get my years back? Yeah, and, of course, he he has to wind up, you know, get going on this thing before uh, it, the computer. The computer is really stupid in this movie. I mean, con- consider the fact that how the movie ends, which we'll get to later. None of it would have happened if the computer had just left well enough alone. Yeah, that that, that was makes you makes you think that there had to be some sort of uh, uh, other intelligence at work. Uh, quite possibly, but it wasn't the people that wrote this thing. I pi- I picture. I picture in my head just a group of old people that maybe the computer isn't really a computer. You know, they're just like uh, speaking, speaking to the to the people. Interesting. I think you're giving it far too much credit, but interesting. Well, I have to do something to make it interesting. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Didn't you say you fell asleep fell asleep twice during this thing? Twice. I tried that, to watch that, it twice, and both times I just thought I just dozed off for a second, but. It's like, wow, this, movie, this movie isn't so long. It's two hours, folks. Yeah, they uh, were just kind of looking at me with this look of disgust. <laughs> so, anyway, Logan regroups with Jessica, explains that he is now a runner. Together, they meet with the underground group that Jessica is a member of. Now, they find that this Ankh symbol lo- unlocks an exit from the city. They come into a frozen cave... Now, uh, Logan's fellow Sandman, Francis, is uh, secretly tailing them, and... Yeah, he's kind of like the sheriff on Smokey and the Bandit. I'm in hot pursuit! Yeah. 
I'm going to barbecue your life clock, boy. Anyway, in the cave, they meet Box. Which, now, when I saw this movie way back when... Okay. And now, now you actually saw this years ago? I saw this at the theater. They actually showed it in junior high school, too, on one of those things where, you know, you, like, pay a quarter, 50 cent, and you get to see the movie. I don't think I saw it then. I, I, I saw a lot of those movies, poor or high, for one. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I actually saw that one. I didn't really see this until, re- you know, watching it to review this thing. So that that kind of messed with me there. Yeah. Now, the effect for Box's face, at the time I saw it, I thought, boy, that is just so cool. Looking at it now, not so much. Um, um, as far as Box, I, first of all, I, I love the actor. that Roscoe that, Lee Brown. One of the one of the greatest character actors, bar none, like ever. He and definitely a distinctive voice. Uh, he's right up there with James Earl Jones, as far as I'm I'm concerned, or Morgan Freeman. And I'm, and I'm not trying to sing out black guys, but he's just got the most cultured voice. I, I talk about you know he, he could read the dictionary. I, I think he would be entertaining reading the dictionary. Rascally fish, plankton, seagrains, proteins from the sea. And I'm not doing it justice by any stretch. But yeah, you sound more like Sean Connery. So, we meet again, Trebek. Okay, money penny. <laughs> Moo. <laughs> now, somebody out, there, somebody out there recognizes that and is laughing. <laughs> I'll take S-words for 200. Anyway. So, uh... A box is a robot designed to capture food for the city from the outside. But he also captures escape runners and freezes them like artwork. And there's like this kind of a long row of them, and they, they all happen to be nude for some reason. Well, because they all get wet going through, and they decide, let's take off these wet clothes. And into a dry martini. Oh, there you go. Um but before he can freeze them, Logan and Jessica manage to overpower the robot and cause the cave to collapse down on him. And this is a bad effect alert. Has all the rubbles falling? Oh my God! It's terrible. The, the the is it green screen? What is it? It it looks like they just superimposed everything over the front. I mean, they're changing the shot, but the stuff that's falling down remains exactly the same. Yeah, it it looks almost like they put up like a screen in front of everybody and then just like rear projected the... Or they did the whole thing in post or something and didn't bother to change where the rocks were coming Yeah, out. it's it's arguably the worst effect in in a movie filled with really bad effects. I think it's 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 probably the one point in the movie where I literally stopped it and I'm just like, I, I don't know if I can keep going with this. This is just that bad. But I persevered for you. The fans. Anyway, so once they're out... Well, plus, this way you don't have it hanging over your head for next time. Well, there it is. Sad but true. Anyway, once outside, Logan and Jessica notice that their life clocks are... Um, clear. They're clear. They're reset to white or clear. And I think uh, they said uh, your crystal is clear. Yeah. And uh, then we have one of your favorite scenes in, in the whole thing. With uh, Lucky the Lizard? Oh, yes, Lucky the Lizard. <laughs> I think that was before they went swimming, though. Oh, okay. 
That, that they were just kind of walking down what was left of that road. They sat down for a second, and the lizard crawls up her... Uh, up her little tunic or yeah. skirt, and she's like, I hate the outside. I hate the outside. And the outside likes you, honey. Um, and uh, we get yet another gratuitous uh, nude shot of the two of them swimming buck naked. Yep. And, you know, for you ladies, if you, if you like you some uh, Michael York, that's the scene. There you go. And uh, so they discover that the wilderness has overrun the remains of the ruins of human civilization. They explore the area which was once Washington, D.C., which seems to be only like 10 minutes away. So I, I kind of wondered about well, that. Well, they did make a comment a little later saying that, yes, it was a bit of a journey. Oh, okay. Well, they don't say if it's like a day, a week, whatever. The fact that, well, okay. When they get to Washington, D.C., in the United States Senate chamber, they discover an elderly man played by Peter Ustinov. And, okay, I have to say it, his character is probably my favorite part of the movie because he was, I mean, the man can act. The, the man can act, but he's, let's face it, he's, he's doing Mr. Magoo. Well, whether he is or not, it was at least a very interesting characterization. I, I, I'm I, just the the way the voice he was doing. It's it, I, I just have to expect him to go Roadhog. Oh, I'll know, my boy. Yeah, exactly. Money station, you've done it again. <laughs> Sorry, I could I could do Jim back all day long. Money station. Remember when he used to do the uh, ATM commercial? I can't remember. That. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, I could do Jim Backus all day. Love him. But I, I don't like Peter Ustinov doing Jim Backus, and that's, that's, I don't know. that's how I it liked, came in. I like that particular characterization because, I mean, they could have just, I mean, somebody could have just went in and just kind of did it rather dry, just kind of go through the lines. But um, at least he tried to do something with it. He, he does have kind of a very wry sense of humor about the whole thing, which I, I will give you that. Now, his appearance is a shock to Jessica and Logan, the fact that they've never seen anyone their whole lives over the age of 30, and here's this old man who has, as Jessica puts it, cracks in his face, i.e. wrinkles, and is gray, has a beard. I mean, none, none of this looks familiar to them. And don't forget the cats. And the cats, yes. He is a cat. Well, he's a male version of the cat lady. Yeah, but then again, he's been alone for so long that... Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed... Um, well, I'm sure you did, but did you uh, get the reference of what he kept quoting? I may have tried blocking it out of my head. Okay. Well, uh, there's a... Wait, are you going to say Cash from T.S. Lawrence? T.S. Eliot. Oh, that's it. Yeah. The uh, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Got it. Yeah, it's it's basically what the, the musical Cats was based on. So Okay. That, that's what he keeps rambling on about. You know, as far as cats having different names, etc. Okay. All right. Now, as I said, Francis has been following them, and just as they start to realize that the whole idea of sanctuary is a myth, Francis comes in and fights Logan in uh, a total Star Trek fight scene ripoff. Yeah, I could hear the music. Yeah, change the music slightly, and I mean, it's obvious it's uh, stunt doubles doing the actual fighting because yeah. they, they don't look like them at all. And he basically kills Francis, not really meaning to, just kind of whacks his head on a, on a desk or something. And uh, so they convince, once this happens, they convince the old man to return to the city with them. Now they leave him just outside, and they go in through the 
um, the water that leads to like one of the the little spas they have inside. Yeah. Now, why could they gone out that way? Um, I don't know, but if you recall, I, I told you to put uh, the the discontinuity on hold. Well, here here we're at the scene. Okay. When they come out of the hot tub, neither one of them has a life clock in their hand, and they make she uh, Jenny Agutter's character like kind of goes to wipe her nose and her palm is directly toward the camera, no life clock, and then Michael York's character does the exact same thing like about 10 seconds later. And it's like, really? No one caught this in post-production. I mean, you you wasted so much money on this thing, you couldn't even check for continuity. It's, ooh, aggravating. And, um... So the two are captured. They, they try and stop Carousel, saying, you know, it's all a lie. You can live. You can live. There is no sanctuary. Yeah, that's the uh, the little interrogation of Logan by yeah. the computer. Yeah, where the, the computer, they basically, cap, the Sandman capture the two. They put Logan in for questioning. He uh, basically start, they, they make this thing that has got like these 3D hologram uh projections of Michael York's head and they keep turning around and turning around and he keeps saying there is no sanctuary and the computer becomes convinced that he's telling the truth that there's no sanctuary but since that doesn't jibe with what it has convinced itself that there must be um, it basically has a nervous breakdown and the whole city blows up. Yep and then you have your little final scene where everybody comes out and they all approach Peter Ustinov and one of the Young ladies goes up and touches his face, and of course he giggles. Yeah, and there you go. I'm feeling the old man's going to get some play when this is all said oh, and done. I, you got, you got to figure. You yeah. got to figure. And uh, I, I don't know if you noticed in that crowd scene, um, someone does a Vulcan salute. I did not see that. Yeah, it's right when everybody's really swarming around him, and he's looking back at Jessica and Logan. About four or five people in front of him. Like someone basically sticks their hand straight up and does the V. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> I know, I know. It, this 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 was a rough one, kids. This was um, okay. And you real. know, I had such high hopes going into this, and then as I'm watching it, it just drags on, and yeah. it did not age well. Yeah, it's it's a two-hour movie, and it feels like four. It it feels like one of those Heaven's Gate type of movies that and and. Uh, as I was looking, I had found a, an FAQ online, and they said there were un, there was quite a bit that was trimmed from this thing just to get it to the two hours. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Uh, just unreal. You know what? I can't even go on anymore about this movie. You just want to rate it and forget it? Two little weird trivia things, and go then ahead. We'll, we'll call it a day. Jenny Agutter uh, is still acting. Apparently, she was in The Avengers. I do remember seeing her in there. Yeah, I, I have to go back and watch the Avengers, but apparently when they have that uh, World Council or whatever, she is uh, one of the members of the World Council. So, Yep, and she still looks pretty good for her age. Uh, all things considered, yeah. And it was bugging me while I was watching the movie, the guy that plays Francis, that I had seen him in something before, and I could not place him. Do you remember this um, movie starring Michael J. Fox from the 80s called The Secret of My Success? Yep, he played uh, his uncle. Yeah. I, of course, you know, his, as his uncle, he has, like, short hair. Francis has kind of a seven, you know, typical 70s yeah, shag. Yeah, but he's still got those crazy eyes. 
Yeah, but like I said, I'm watching this. I know this guy from somewhere, and once I looked it up, I'm like, oh, that's Uncle Richard. Okay, cool. Dick. Okay, well, might as well rate it so we can move on with our lives, pal. I think I think we have no choice but to rate this uh, ginormous stink burger, and I- I'm tempted to add the special sauce. I'll say just ginormous stink burger, and it needs to be flushed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what's our film for next time? Well, we're going to do something, um, as al- as we always try to, a little special. Now, we've been doing this for over a year now, and we're going to kind of come uh, full circle, because the first movie we reviewed on this thing was um, Gamera, The Attack of Legion. Right, Gamera 2. And it was uh, the second in a trilogy that was whose uh, purpose was to reboot the Gamera franchise in uh, the early 2000s, I believe? Uh, Mid-90s. Okay. Well, the one that we are going to be reviewing next week is actually the first part of that trilogy. And... Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Yes. So. Okay. And ho- hopefully we'll we'll get back on track with something really good because we all want to see some good flying turtle action. Yeah. Well, we already gave you our contact information, so I guess it's time to say this is Dita. And Stratosphere. Say go watch a B-movie. And why? Because these movies won't watch themselves. Not for two hours, anyway. <laughs> Later, folks. Bye. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Himigami Island has been destroyed by giant birds.